Welcome to the next podcast by SLC Biz. So, as you guys know, each episode we discuss topics that are relevant, knowledgeable, and encouraging to all the students of our SLC business. Uh, so, I'm your podcast Anusha, uh, the student engagement assistant at the Cornwall campus, and I'm currently doing my supply chain. Today, we are having a guest who sort of wears many kinds of hats. Uh, so, he's Albert Professor Albert Renaud. A general manager at Gaussian Ex uh, Excavation Limited. He has also been the director of logistics at Minimax. And if he's, of course, one of a distinguished professor at the School of Business at SLC and the creative mind behind the Coffee Break podcast, I strongly encourage all our students or our listeners to just go and check out uh, for his podcast for a lot of inspiration and insights. He's discussed a lot about transportation, sales, operations, and I'll ask him to talk about it much. But uh, for, without further ado, let's just dive deep into our conversation. So hi, Professor. How are you? I am doing very well. How about you? I'm doing great. First of all, I would like to take a moment to congratulate you on being the finalist uh, for the Rose Rocket Fright Excellence Award for Lifetime Achievement. I think uh, we are having our uh, Rose Rocket project as a culminating project, and I feel honorable uh, to, like, you know, sort of being tutored by you. Thank you. Congratulations. And could you talk more about this recognition and, like, what it means to you personally and professionally? Of course I can. Um, it, it's a big topic uh, to be recognized for a lifetime achievement award for contributions, for supply chain, for logistics, for transport. Um, I remember whenever I got the email that I was nominated and you could do a self-nomination, but that's it's not in my character to do that. So to be recognized from others in the industry um, really meant a lot to me. I, I remember getting the email and, and thinking whenever I was nominated that, oh, th th this, is, this can't be happening. This is a dream. Um, it, it meant a lot to me to be recognized, especially by a company like Rose Rocket. I've worked with Rose Rocket many years. Uh, I know the co-founders. I've gone to their facility and to be recognized as a nominee first was a great honor. Um, a week later, uh, we had been told that, um, I believe it was on a uh, during the week, we would be informed by 4 p.m. if we we had one as a finalist. And I remember getting the email at 2 o'clock and staring at it for 10 minutes, trying to figure <laughs> out if it, was the, if it was real or not. And then, of course, Rose Rocket wanting uh, all the finalists to make a small mention on Facebook and having the amount of students that I've taught past and present um, the faculty sharing in that accomplishment, congratulating me, it, it really meant a lot to be recognized. For me personally, I mean, how, uh, winning a Lifetime Achievement Award is, is there's an honor to it. I mean, for me, um, I kind of use it, though, as an inspiration to continue to do my best to support transportation and the best way I can know how right now is sharing the knowledge I've gained over the course of my career with others who are willing to listen and want to be teach. So it, it meant a lot to me personally. Um, it also meant a lot to me professionally. I won't 
lie that a lot of my old contacts have reached out and have congratulated me and just having that recognition, having someone start up a conversation because they had seen it, it, it means a lot. Yeah, thank you for sharing your thoughts, Professor. Like for me as a student, it's it also means a lot because I'm I'm having that confidence when I open the Rose Rocket application that I'm in a safer hands. I'm being taught by the best. So thank you so much for that. And um, while going through your career experience, so I also see that you have you've been the director of logistics at uh, Millimax Express. So. Uh, you, my question would be, you would have seen the evolution of transportation management systems, right? So can you just recall any one moment when you felt that, wow, this is how technology has revolutionized the way we approach to logistics? I can remember one such instance. There's been many over the course of the year. So to give you a little bit of backstory, uh, I was with Minimax for 15 years and for 15 years, seeing the evolution of technology whenever I started, seeing the paper logs being done, seeing the manual daily trip sheets being done. And then, you know, eventually at the height of my career, whenever I, I stepped away from transportation um, and left global, seeing how far we've come. So that was definitely an Eureka moment, seeing how much technology has changed in 15 years, going to um, electronic logs, going to GPS tracked equipment, uh, even foremost, the TMS system. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to appear or appeal to all the, um, the computer uh, literate people there. But I remember working with TMS softwares that were DOS based, where you didn't point and click, you were hitting tabs, and it was very uh, data-driven, meaning that it looked like a tool that had ones and zeros for computer programming. I mean, it wasn't flashy, it wasn't um, glamorous, it was just a, a way to organize all your information. And the Eureka moment happened, I would say, a year before I went into Global, whenever Rose Rocket actually came. They were a new company then, they were just getting started, and they had demonstrated this Windows-based program, and they shared with us where they wanted that software to go in the next couple of years. And I remember seeing it and having this moment where this is something that can integrate the ELDs eventually, because at that point in time, we were just getting into the mandates, the mandates were, were proposed, seeing how it could potentially change, be a game changer in a transportation management system. And I remember the exact wording after they had given their demonstration and said, I looked at the, uh, Robert was the person who gave us the demonstration and Justin, I believe was there as well. And I said, you know, if this company ever became a publicly funded company or on the stock markets, I would want to invest. That's how much I see what you guys are trying to do. Not to mention that we were giving, getting a demonstration by people who understood transport, understood LTL, understood truckload, understood logistics. And a year later, we signed on with them uh, whenever I became director of logistics for, at that time, it was MX Logistics. We rebranded to Minimax Global. And then seeing the evolution in four years, being in that company, every couple of months, they had an update come up that was a new feature, a new release. 
and seeing even in the last year uh, with St. Lawrence College how much it's evolved since we started using it and how glamorous uh, TMS software can be, how easy it is to use uh, the uh, direct correlation with searching for a customer on Google and having all the information come in. You know, those little things to an outsider is like, oh, well, that's just technology. But in transport, it was so, it was that eureka moment where we would struggle trying to get all that information, opening time, closing, zip codes, exact addresses. And now a software has this that's integrated with Google that can find it online, even coordinates for longitude and latitude. Um, invoice reminders being sent to customers. I mean, the list goes on. You've worked with the system. You know what I mean? There's a lot there. And I don't want to spend your entire time talking about how glamorous the Rose Rocket is. It's not the point of it as, as much as I'll give a nod to their software. Um, that was my eureka moment whenever I finally felt like technology was catching up in the industry. We could now live track a load and get a GPS location and an estimated time arrival based on certain criteria, of course, but we were finally getting that sense of a live tracking real time track. And that was important in transportation. That was my Eureka moment. The light bulb went off and um, that's why I've been so supportive of the software. Yeah. Even while working on the software during our classes, while we were doing all this, we were thinking like, Imagine a day when all this was done manually. It would have been quite a task, expensive, <laughs> everything. But now with the click, uh, you're just able to do everything. So I think that's what technology does. It sort of eases the processes, automates it, and brings a lot of efficiency in the process that we do. And we, as the new generation of people who are going to step into supply chain, uh, and logistics, we are going to be benefited with that. And also, we, are, we, we have to be responsible to create new systems as well. So that's how the circle of innovation goes, right? So this draws me to the other question. So you have been in family-owned businesses, you've worked in, also, uh, you have been in a corporate setup as well. So how do you see this sense of innovation? Is it different in corporate or family setup? And how do you see this innovation evolved or what is the approach is there any difference in the way they look at it so um just so i understand uh so you're looking at family owned and corporate settings uh the innovation that comes with that right so innovation for technology innovation for um i guess changing the way we think about it definitely uh the difference it all depends on the size of the family company, the size of the corporation. Um, to be honest with you, I have seen amazing adaptations in family-run businesses where they try to make uh, changes uh, in technology or investing in technology to make the lives simpler of their employees. This has a positive effect on culture and you know, not overstepping, but a good culture for a company where they empower their people um, is definitely important to innovation. You want your people to think outside the box constantly. Large corporate settings, um, luckily, to be honest with you, I have experience with dealing with large corporations, especially during sales procedures and, and um, 
sales calls, but to say that I've worked for a large corporation, um, besides, of course, uh, being a, a, um, a part-time professor in a college, um, and even at that, there's a nice community at St. Lawrence. I've never been privy to actually working under a large gear-driven corporation, but seeing it from the outside, sometimes you're you're very thankful that you're working in the family business. Mm. Um, and in all my years at Minimax, I have to take my hat off. You knew who the president was. Um, he was very humble. He knew your name. Um, I have seen friends and family work in large corporations where they don't know what their president looks like or they don't know who the CEO is. And Minimax had this culture where we knew where everyone was. There was this open door policy. You could have a conversation with the president, of course, booking the time, right? But you could express your concerns. Um, you've very much promoted this idea of thinking outside the box and would encourage you to do this. And that really made me um, very excited about working even in a larger corporation such as Minimax, multi-terminal, and seeing that that was multi-terminal where, you know, someone from Toronto could give you a call and he would take the call and he, he was there, you know, it kind of speaks mountains to the way um, he managed the company. Um, so... But managing it that way helped foster um, innovation in technology. It helped make informed decisions of how the company operated. And, you know, we always have to listen to our customers and his ear was there. You know, I have very mm -hmm. fond memories of family driven companies where he was working on the dock on the weekend to help the, the forklift mm -hmm. operators catch up or he'd mm -hmm. throw his hat into giving rates. Um, so having a boss that, or a leader, I should say, be there inspired me that that's the type of leader I wanted to be. That's the type of person I want to be. And in my 15 years that being there, that is one lesson that I'll always look fondly on. Now, I know that doesn't directly, uh, correlate to your question about how it promotes innovation. But in a way it does, because if you have a boss or a leader or a mentor that truly cares about your opinions, will listen to your opinions, and even if your opinions are wrong, at least he has a listening ear there, he fosters that relationship for you to continually be open-minded. And that can open the doors to possibilities that you've never seen before in your employees, promoting good culture, good sharing. So in my mind that's the person that you want so those big corporate companies if there's a manager there that does that you need to promote that more because that will bring about good culture and good innovations and good good outside of the box thinking which we all need in the industry no matter where you are transport or production or manufacturing yeah that's that's something i want to agree with you is that uh, no? it sometimes doesn't depend what kind of business are you in, what is the scale of your business. Sometimes it, everything boils down to leadership. And that also brings me to our next question is, you have assumed various roles in different organizations and you have basically fostered teams, right? So how, how do you overcome 
obstacles and how do you drive growth and what are those unconventional strategies if you have that you can share with us <laughs> so that we could also benefit from that one one very good lesson that i learned both from eve and again i'm gonna put my hat off to rose rocket uh justin bailey um was that never assume that you're the smartest person in the room you have to promote that everyone has an experience to share with you and that you can learn from everybody and i firmly believe that even in uh, a teaching role um you you it's got to be an exchange um there's ideas there's things that I'm going to show you that you didn't know, but there's also going to be those moments where it has to be reciprocal. You're going to teach me something and you have to keep an open mind. I remember a, a struggle whenever I first took over um, and was announced that I was sales manager at Minimax. I was the youngest sales manager and the sales member. And I looked at the team and, you know, I always make the joke and this is a funny joke, but combined that team had 300 years experience to my four mm -hmm. years of sales. So there was a, a very large curb there. And the only way that you could gain that respect is by having that attitude that, you know what, guys, and I remember having a meeting, I don't know everything. I want to learn and I want to promote and I will support your decisions and i will support any informed decision that you give me but you got to teach me and i and yeah maybe i'll teach you something and if you go into an attitude like that then you are setting your team up for a mutual learning experience and i think that will drive and that will help you grow as a person now, the other thing that is an unconventional strategy, let's call it, is I have always had a personal character flaw where I don't like being told I can't do something. So whenever someone says you can't do that or you don't know how to do that, I will make it a point to learn and try and accomplish what you've told me I couldn't do. It kind of goes back to many many years ago um, i like to always say i'm old but i'm not that old but many years ago whenever i was in public school and high school i had certain teachers that believed i wouldn't achieve anything and that became a fuel and inspiration for me to prove them wrong and then as i grew in my career well it was just how far can i go and that kind of inspired me and that was an unconventional strategy for me to overcome certain obstacles and i've always loved to problem solve so if there's a problem or an issue that i don't know how to fix i will throw myself at it 120 percent and try and come up with a solution it may not be the right one but i will try and implement a solution that will potentially fix it um again the growth of teams uh, operations and unconventional strategies one of the biggest things that we did um, with Global that I liked was we, we didn't have closed doors. It was an open space. We could share uh, we could share ideas openly. I don't like the idea of disbarring anyone's ideas. I think 
you know, empowering people where they give an idea and then you use active questioning, active listening and engage them to think more is always um, an interesting strategy too. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for your leadership lessons. <laughs> um, I was also listening this episode on your podcast where you were talking about trucking folklore and like ghost stories. I'm sure many listeners like me would sort of enjoyed and were like kind of immersed in the suspense of your storytelling. So how the the episode, you know, sort of evolves as to how this ghostly experiences uh, turned into be in some individuals attempting to snatch your consignment. I want to know how did you personally navigate that situations? What sort of emotions were running in your mind at that moment? And moreover, like, do incidents like this pose a frequent uh, threat, a uh, threat, sorry, in the trucking industry? And what are your experience and insights based on the experience that you have gone through? Very good questions. I, I love the questions you're throwing at me. They're all difficult, which is great. And no, I'm not stalling <laughs> to come up with a with a with an answer i just wanted to point that out that that was a very good question so first of all um i remember interviewing some drivers some drivers that were open to interview of course with minimax and then other trucking companies that did long haul uh so for those of you long haul is you, know, you, you pick up a load and you can travel a lot of miles before you reach your destination so listening to those stories you know you and they were the true storytellers, not me. I was just reiterating what they were saying. And some of these drivers have great storytelling abilities where they will make you hang on every word where you're leaning <laughs> in to find the, find the the final what happened. And, you know, and then you always call the fish stories, right? So I went out and went fishing and I caught a fish this big. But by the time I told my 10th buddy, now it's this big. So you have some embellishment. <laughs> in storytelling which is great i mean sometimes you have to hear that so how do we navigate that situation i mean through active questioning you definitely want to find the root of the the story and and what was happening i mean there are some ghost stories out there that are not explainable uh there are some very troubling situations uh, especially in the life of a driver um, where crime rates in neighborhoods are high and they run the risk of uh, their loads being stolen. I mean, if you if you watch the news, especially during the most recent pandemic, you heard of truck drivers being hijacked because they had toilet paper or food goods. And I mean, it runs through a driver's head constantly. So how do you navigate those situations? I mean, as a driver, uh, most of these people have families that they want to go home to. So mm -hmm. you you have to be smart about it. If if you're being hijacked, I mean, sometimes uh, not to get too in depth about policies and procedures of that, but you, you don't want to put yourself in, in harm's way. I mean, that's what insurances are for, for trucks and trailers and uh, police to help. Um, but going back to the questions at hand, um, how do you personally navigate that situation? I mean, as a driver in one of those situations, sometimes uh, if it is a ghost or uh, urban legend that comes crawling, I mean, well, we all have a flight or fight, fight, flight or fight response. I mean, depending on the individual, how do you personally navigate that? Well, on certain scenarios of some of the stories I heard, 
uh, I might scream like a little girl if I was facing <laughs> some of those issues. Others uh, be actually being hijacked. I mean, uh, we're all human. You're going to think about getting home to your family and what can I do to, to navigate that scenario? So there's definitely a lot of heightened emotions getting some of those stories and, and listening to some of those stories. Um, the urban legends are so interesting. I mean, uh, I studied archaeology at school. I love listening to local myths and lore about certain regions um, being more prominent for ghostly stories than others. Or sometimes it's just, well, let's be honest, we've all done it. Imagination's running wild. You know, you thought you've seen something. You're you're mm. tired. You've been long away from home. Maybe uh in solitary and your mind starts playing tricks on itself but some of these stories are uh unexplained and we'll leave it at that um you asked a great question about uh do these incidents pose frequent threats in the trucking industry based on my experience and insights uh, not to get into too much data driven but again it all depends where you're delivering and picking up Mm -hmm. We like to say that Canada is reasonably safe, but if you do your research on Google, you know, there are loads being stolen here and there. There are um, not necessarily more hijacks, hijackings while a, a driver is driving, but, you know, I've talked to a lot of truck drivers who drove into the United States and they were held up at gunpoint, some of them, and their loads were, were stolen because they were high value. Does it happen? Absolutely. It does. Uh, the ghost stories, well, and whether it be imagination, lack of sleep, uh, mind playing tricks, or maybe it is something ghostly or spiritual. Um, does it happen? Absolutely. I mean, I challenge everyone who's listening at one point in time, if you ever run into a truck driver, ask them. Truck drivers love to talk. They love to be engaged, believe it or not. So if you're ever curious, you should ask a truck driver yourself. Do you have any ghost stories or or tell me tell me some experiences that you had that were were scary? And they'll be more than happy to share. Of course, I encourage you to buy them a coffee and you know thank them for for doing what they're doing. Um, but at the same time, to answer your question, yes, it does happen. And some drivers are concerned about it. Some drivers, um, some companies have policies about it. And like anything, you need to know whenever a situation is going to turn bad and try to avoid. Mm. Got it. So try to use as much as resources. Or uh, I have a question, Professor. Mm -hmm. So, if you are in this situation and you have encountered this, uh, is there anything that you can do immediately? Uh, that letting your boss know or take the help of the police or something. Well, that's that's the thing. Like if these um, if this happens in the industry, every company will have some sort of policy. But you definitely want to act smart. The first thing is, you know, call your local police. Let them know mm -hmm. what happened. Um, more than likely, in a scenario like this, you don't have much resources. Maybe they've taken your phone. Flag down help. Get external help. Call. Um, don't. I always value life. So if this situation does happen to a truck driver and they're listening, sometimes it's just best to let it happen. Your life is important. Um, I know maybe some, I hope some presidents of trucking companies agree with me on this, that human life is more important than a load delivered. 
right? And I mean, a lot of companies place good value on their drivers. So call for help, get the local police involved, let your dispatcher know, let your president know. Um, I've had the pleasure of interviewing a company that had this happen to a driver and the, the, the manager and the dispatcher flew out to greet the driver, make sure he was all right. Um, told the driver not to worry about the load, uh, made sure that he was, again, I, I stress this fact that he was okay. Um, in a situation like this, you want to keep a cool, calm head, right? A lot of these drivers have families. You have families you want to get home to. And again, your life is important. So think smart. And then, of course, yes, get help. Okay. Thank you for sharing your insights on that. And as we move to the last question of our episode, uh, I want to ask you that as someone who, who's like deeply experienced in trucking industry, what sort of advice would you like to give students aspiring to excel in this field? Like, can you share some tips and strategies that you believe will be essential for the success? Absolutely. I mean, um, I try to give that in my in my classes here and there and try to throw in some little insights into the industry. Um, so we'll start with what advice to give to students aspiring to excel, uh, especially in the field of supply chain and transportation, always keep an open mind. My career path changed quite a few times and sometimes I couldn't see the value in that change of the career path, but every opportunity so any, any door that closes means that another door is going to open. So what advice to excel? Keep an open mind. You always want to learn as much as you can. The biggest advice that I can give students wanting um, a position in supply chain, and I, I've mentioned this whenever we used to give lectures to high school students is I always like to challenge people whenever they think of transportation, what's the first job they all think about? And they all think about a truck driver, but the industry, yes, relies heavily on truck drivers to pick up the freight, deliver the freight, but there's a lot of moving parts behind transportation. And I, I challenge people to tell me, well, what's, what's your dream job? And then I'll try and make a relation to uh, transport somehow, because we have great fields in um, technology. Look at Rose Rocket. You know, if you have a computer background, but you want to get into supply chain, what's to say that you don't take that career and go work for a TMS provider and help code and help bridge that gap? You have an accounting background. We always need good people for accounting, AR, AP. If you love numbers, well, that's the perfect spot for you as well, or giving rates over the phone or booking orders. If you're great with people, why not sales? So we have so many multiple departments, IT departments within companies, uh, management, of course, safety, if you want, loading and offloading the trucks. There's so many opportunities in transportation that sometimes I think not a lot of people know about. And I, I've been blessed. Uh, I don't talk about it as much as I should, but I remember starting at Minimax as a summer student and I was helping loading and offloading trucks. I was in the warehouse helping. I seen that. And then I moved up in my career every time learning something or a unique component about the industry. So if you don't know where you want to go, then that's the perfect way. Start at the bottom, work your way up. 
and then find out which jobs you are interested in. And that way you can focus your career and your development into that career that way. Another thing is never be afraid to reach out to a manager, to reach out to a, a boss, a president, and have a sit down with them and say, okay, what's next for me? Don't be afraid to have that conversation because maybe what you think is next is not the potential that your boss, manager, supervisor, mentor sees in you. So always keep an open mind and always engage and speak to um, people if you want to move up in a company. Make sure it's known that you want to excel. And what skills, make sure you have that conversation. What skills do you see that I need? That's where I would say that big advice for for that aspect on how to excel in the field and i mean i was even at that point whenever i started my career you know in my yearbook i actually there's this this pot spot in my yearbook for high school that said you know what job would you hate doing and i actually said working in transport that's the <laughs> job that i hate the most you know but then i get a career in transport you know, and I've seen some pretty amazing things in transportation. I have grown myself as a person. I would not be who I am today without the mentors, the leaders that I was privy to during my time in transport. Um, the challenges and experiences that they allowed me to do, I can contest is probably 90% of who my corporate identity is now. Always challenge yourself. If you look at something and you don't know how to do it, learn how to do it. Learn the skill. Learn the strategy. Always believe in yourself. You can do it. You know, we all have, we have all hit this negative mind frame sometimes where we say we can't do it or that's beyond me. Nothing is truly beyond anybody. Yes, you may not know how to do it today. You may not know how to do it tomorrow. And you may do it wrong the third day. But eventually one day you're going to get it right. So I, I would say never give up. The other part, or I guess the other key tip that I would say here is the face-to-face -face is the biggest, biggest for an industry. If you can, instead of just sending an email for a job opening, actually go and hand deliver a, a resume. Um, we all need to remember that transportation and any field maybe run or managed or supervised by an older generation that definitely wants to have that face-to-face. -face. So be prepared for that. Be prepared to ask questions too. Um, I encourage that in my class every day. Don't worry about asking a question. Questions are how you find answers. So yeah. those are some key tips. I mean, uh, some other key tips, always clean, always keep a white clean shirt in your vehicle <laughs> is another one, you know, um, that was learned. That was a lesson learned from a very close friend of mine at Minimax in sales, uh, Jack. He used to say that that was the one big thing that he would always say, always keep a clean shirt. Yeah. Okay. Believe in yourself is something like. I'm going to close this episode with, I want to take it back, reflect a lot of learnings in this podcast. I would like to thank you for joining. And this 
episode i think will be like very informative for our students and you are a wealth of knowledge and i think one episode is very less to sort of showcase the kind of skills that you bring because you're a seasoned professional and that's something i love about having conversations on this podcast because the students are getting years of experience condensed in a 20 30 minute podcast so thank you so much professor for accepting the invitation taking time and connecting with us thank you so much have you're a nice welcome. day you're welcome it's a pleasure um and i am truly honored thank you thank you